And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, February 8th, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions, maybe help you prioritize some things, maybe just talk through coach, mentor, a little pat on the back a little kick in the tush, whatever you need. We're here for you. If you've got a financial question or something going on big in your life, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you would be willing to come on the air live. And remember, you can do that via audio, this program, our radio show, our other podcast, or you can check out our brand new, it is still brand new, YouTube show. It's called Jill on Money Powered by the Compound. I love this show. I'm really psyched about it. So I'm I'm hopeful that more and more of you will start tuning in. It's a very interesting way to kind of communicate with you guys. Hey, are you looking for more Jill and Mark? You may want to subscribe to our service called Jill on Money Live. For $35, you will have access to quarterly live webinars for 12 months and great special bonus content. And we are putting more and more stuff behind that paywall. The paywall is very low. It's a low, low wall, 35 bucks for a whole year. So check it out. All right, let's start this program. This is an email from Paula who writes, Hi, Jill and Mark. I really enjoy hearing your podcast every day. Thank you, Paula. Thanks to all of you who listen every day. I'm 45 years old. My husband is 48. We have a nine-year-old child. We both work full-time at major tech companies. They make around 500 grand a year together. But here we go. I would like to stop working. (laughs) That does put a wrinkle in the plans, doesn't it? Okay. Uh, Paula's like not sure if it's temporary or forever. Our expenses are more than my partner's salary alone, okay? But we can try to lower our expenses or use some of our savings while I'm out of the workforce. They've got $5 million in net worth, but that includes the house. I never include the house, gang, when we're talking about net worth. Take it out. I can't take uh, your TV room to the grocery store. So uh, their net worth is $5 million, um, but they've got the million and a half dollar house with a $400,000 mortgage. So it's 5 million less 1.1. That's number one. So it's not 5 million. 
just to be clear. Does everyone understand that? You know, we don't include an illiquid asset. Brokerage accounts, um, and then they've got a half a million dollars in company stock. Okay. Anything I should do when I stop working? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you could convert some of your retirement assets uh, to Roth, but you have to have the money outside of retirement to pay for the tax. So you're going to drop down in tax bracket, but I'm worried you're going to need that that cash, that that money, because you're young. You know, you're only 45. Besides our home, we're almost 100% in stock. Should we move some of our 401k balance to bonds? Yeah. And you better make sure that your general emergency savings is built up. So you really, really need to build up at least one to two years of your living expenses in cash. Next question. Is it worth it to invest some dividend stocks to cover the gap between expenses and my partner's salary? If so, which one do you recommend? No. You know what would be great? You could work part-time. Wow. I'm tough, huh, Mark? I'm tell you right now, it's not going to work. I don't get it. I don't get how people are like, I want to just, I mean, you're going to have to take a hatchet to your expenses. So you know what you have to do immediately? Look at your expenses and figure out how you're going to cut them so that you can live on your uh, one spouse's salary. That's my two cents. Oh boy. Okay. This is from Leslie. Hi, Jill. We have a small amount of funds in Fidelity Asset Management. We removed the bulk of the funds thinking we would move all of them to TD Investments. That's where we have our personal checking and emergency fund at TD Bank. TD Bank Investments does not do special needs trust investing, only regular trust investments. I want to make sure we are investing the special needs trust wisely. It still remains at Fidelity. Our daughter is 33. We use the bulk of the assets for her previously. $60,000 is left. Too aggressive and it will be lost. Too safe and it won't earn any money. Right now, we have $55,000 in an emergency savings account. Since we didn't make the move back to Fidelity as of yet, what do you suggest? I listened to your show, but the bulk of your callers have so much more than a total of $66,000. I'm too nervous to come on the show. Thanks. Okay, Leslie, how much of this money gets peeled off in a given year? That's number one. I think what you're describing is probably a classic balanced portfolio, but in that balance, a portion of what you think you'll need within the next year should be left in cash. And so I think that that's kind of an important clarification. Now, remember, this money could be used up, in which case the whole point would be that your daughter would qualify for assistance from the government. So I don't think we're trying to necessarily preserve everything. We're just trying to do the best we can to let it stretch out as long as possible. So whatever you think you might need, I would even say for the next two years, keep in cash the rest of it. So let's say you needed, I don't know, 10 grand and you keep it in cash. You can maybe buy a CD for five and keep five in a money market. And the rest of it should just be split as a balanced portfolio. I think that that will do just about what you need. But if you've got more questions, let us know. Okay. Nancy says, my husband just passed away. I'm, I am the beneficiary of his Pacific Life variable annuity. You know what? I used to sell Pacific Life variable annuities. That was when the tax law was totally different. But I'm telling you that I remember these so well. That big whale came out of the water. Okay. The payout is $108,000. 
I can roll that money into my IRA, which is currently worth around $700,000. Or I can buy another lifetime annuity from Alliance with a monthly payout of $720 a month. Okay. I receive $27,000 in Social Security, thirteen, a little more than $13,000 from my lifetime Pacific Life variable annuity. I don't know which I should do, buy another annuity or roll the money into an IRA. All right. I also have 700. So she said this. She has that. Remember, she has the IRA. It's worth 700. She also has another 700,000 in a taxable account and $72,000 in a Roth. I'm 77 years old. I do not own a home. I will be renting and have no debt. Thank you in advance. I'm in a time crunch. I need to decide soon. I roll it over. Do not, don't buy another annuity. Unnecessary. You got plenty of money. I don't know how much you spend, but roll it over. Don't start with a whole nother round of new expenses for an annuity. Uh -uh, I skip it. Okay. Uh, John writes, Ms. Schlesinger. (laughs) I always get nervous when that starts like that. My name is John. I'm 71 and I'm retired from the Baltimore Sun. Ah, Your column appears in the Sunday edition. Oh, already I think John's in a bad mood after the Baltimore loss, but let's go on. My question is regarding the amount in savings retirees are led to believe by different financial experts that they need to live a comfortable retirement. I've read in numerous publications and articles that we need somewhere around a million dollars or 10 times the salary that you were earning before you left the workforce. However, none of the information makes any assumptions. This is so true. John, I love you for pointing this out. What about Social Security and pensions? How is that figured into the equation? How much does the average retiree need to live on? I mean, that's another one, by the way. Who knows? Everyone's different. That's why I hate rules of thumb. But John goes on to write, my Social Security pension and an annuity account for about $75,000 a year. My wife will retire in about five years with about the same guaranteed income. So they're going to have 150 grand. They've got savings, stocks, bonds, mortgage on a second home. I've kept a budget for the past 10 years religiously. I've also tried to map out our lives for the next 20 years or so. I'm not so much looking for financial advice, but more of clarification as to the thought process into what retirees need and why. Thank you, John. I love you so much because he set me up. I think all these rules of thumb are dopey. Because every single person is different. And so I think it's dumb to say you need a million dollars. I think it's dumb to say 10 times your salary. There are too many variables. So the best way to figure out what a retiree needs is for a retiree to figure out what their family, their household, this individual needs. That's the only way. It's like everyone wants a shortcut. And in this case, there's no shortcut. It's like, doctor, can you tell me how I'm doing? Like, can you do a physical but do not take my blood, no peeing into a cup, no blood pressure, no pulse, and don't ask me any questions. Just tell me, like, you're looking at me. How do you think I'm doing? That is what these rules of thumb do. They boil it down to this simple place that's kind of useless. So I agree with you. Many more people should be drilling down and figuring out exactly what their needs are, not relying on some silly rule of thumb. Yeah, there. That's what I'm saying about that. Okay. This is from Gregory, who wants to know about a solo 401k Roth versus brokerage withdrawal at age 59 and a half. Okay, so Gregory's 59 and a half. He's single. Would it be better to withdraw the first $44,625,000 from a brokerage account so I don't have to pay taxes and then withdraw the rest of my living expenses from my Roth account for the year. I have roughly a million dollars in my Roth and a million dollars in my brokerage account. 
I only need $5,000 a month for living expenses. Let's just, I want to think about this for a second. There's two sides to me that as I think about this, I think of, I get what you're saying, meaning you want to pull money out of your brokerage account and limit your tax liability. I think that's what you're trying to tell me. Now, the thing is, I'm not sure where you get this. I mean, you're saying $44,000, which I think is kind of pegged to the 12% tax bracket, but that's taxable income. I mean, are you telling me that the 44,000 is 44,000 of capital gains? I would just say this. I don't think when you pull money from your brokerage account, if it's already been taxed, I want to make sure we have this right. If it's a taxable brokerage account and you're pulling 44,000 out, the only thing you're getting taxed on is the capital gains. If you're telling me that this is not actually a brokerage account that's taxable, that it's a retirement account, then I get what you're doing, which is you're pulling money out all of the money you pull out is taxable. That's why you're trying to keep it in the 12% tax bracket. Even so, even so, I am clear that I would much prefer you take money out of a uh, an account that has not been taxed yet, pull the money out, forego your 12% tax bracket, pull it out, pay up to the 22% because we don't know where tax rates are going. Okay, that's just, that's my two cents. Last one. David writes, the Money Guy podcast of one twenty six twenty four. I just wanted to make sure you knew the Money Guy podcast gave you credit for the term fine. Love the podcast, Jill and Mark. I've been listening for more than 10 years. I still remember when Mark never spoke on the podcast. It was huge the first time he did. Now he talks all the time and he gives advice. Times have changed. Who is the Money Guy podcast? And they gave us, uh, I don't know. It's not my term. One of you guys gave it to us, but not us. No, that was a, that was a caller. That was a caller. Or, or, or an email or he came up with fine. Someone else came up with fine. Financial independence, new or next endeavor. So good. You guys are the best. I don't do anything. You guys do all the work. All right. I think that's it for the show. Very exciting. Don't forget to hop onto the website and check out the Great Money Reset now out in paperback and the Jill on Money live service. Okay. It's official. Mark has decided he does not want to raise the fee for Jill on Money live. So it's like sunsetting, Mark. We should Maybe we should just peg this <laughs> to the individual tax rates. That if they if they go back to where they were before, our fees are going to go up. And no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But for 2024, Mark is locking in thirty five dollars. Are you? Is that fair to say, Mark? You feel comfortable locking it in? Yeah, that's fair to say. All right, you're locked in. I mean, we just uh, I, I don't want to start jacking fees up. We just we just started. We just launched. A lot of people have signed up. I feel incredibly grateful for all those people that signed up and for everyone else who will sign up. So let's let's keep it where it is for the time being. Okay, so let's just be clear that last year you got a bonus, right? For the newsletter. The newsletter bonus was Mark got an extra $1,000 when we got over a milestone for the newsletter. So shall we set one up for this year, the usual Mortimer? Should we set up another $1,000 bonus challenge for you, Mark? For the subscription service? Yeah, for the subscription service. Yeah, sure. I like goals. Okay. I want 1% of our daily listeners signed up by the end of this year. How's that? That seems fair. So there we go. That's what we're going to do. I'm excited. I love a challenge. All right. That's it. That's the show. You better sign up or else Mark's not getting his $1,000 bonus next Christmas. He gets a nice bonus. Don't get me wrong, but he won't get the extra. All right. Don't forget, if you've got a question, go to Jill on Money. 
hit the contact us button. You can subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Please leave a rating and review wherever you listen. And of course, please lift someone up. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.